Take your Bibles with me this morning and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. You won't have to turn me to all of them, but I have a couple other passages during the course of the messages that, that I'll read to you. But I want to start here and uh, give a little, just a brief bit of teaching this morning of this passage and what Apostle Paul is saying to the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you? Or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in hearts known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. The title of the message this morning is Insufficient. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the gathering of the saints at the Gospel Light Baptist Church this morning. Thank you for that. Most of us, Father, practically maybe all of us in the room know Christ as our Savior this morning. And Father, certainly always perhaps people that have not understood the gospel that could be with us this morning. I pray that they would have an understanding of it, please. And then, Father, that those that are members of the church and folks that have more longevity, Father, that they'd be fed as well. Let everybody leave here indeed saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Apostle Paul, if you look at verse 1, it says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Apostle Paul, as somewhat normal, each city he goes to, he is followed, literally followed, by folks that are trying to draw people back to a false doctrine. And so they're tearing down the credibility of the Apostle Paul, as was not rare. And we see it throughout the epistles of Paul, the, the attempts to discredit him. And so he is telling these folks, do we need to begin again to commend ourselves? Do we need someone else, epistles of commendation or letters, letters of commendation from you, church that he had begun? And so he's saying to them, what, why are the questions? Do, do we need to start over again of, of commending Letters written with ink. What, what, so he's challenging them back. Do we start over again? And then he says to them in a question. So he's, he's questioning everything they're saying. Do, do we have to do this all over again? Why? Because they're, they're questioning his credibility from others that have put it in their heads. The man that brought them the gospel. And he's saying to them, I don't need letters of commendation. Because you are it. 
You're the people that have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're the ones that are sitting in the church. You're the ones that came to Christ. You're the ones whose lives have been transformed by the power of God. You are, you are the commendation. You are the letters. You are the credibility. And sometimes we see this as, as folks would challenge, and it's amazing to see how God is saving people and bringing people to come to know Christ all across our land and across the world and lives are being changed and transformed. We, the believers, are the credibility of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not letters of commendation and, and these men that are, that are challenging his credentials of, you know, just who does he think? He, now, they know who the Apostle Paul is. His credentials supersede probably most of theirs in relationship to the Jewish religion. But they're using that to question now his personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and him teaching a doctrine of salvation by grace through faith. And many of the Jewish people are struggling with that, having come out of the law. And so they're questioning him. But here's the verse that I want you to get to you in verse 4. It says, And such trust have we through God, uh, through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Paul said it's not about my credentials. It's not about who says I'm legit. It's not about that. Our sufficiency, it's not that we have the sufficiency in ourselves. Our sufficiency is brought to bear by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are people of flesh and blood and those that are drawn away from the Lord at times and those that backslide and those that don't always represent the Lord well. But the Lord Jesus Christ is the sufficiency that we have to serve him faithfully. 2 Corinthians uh, 3, 1, I read to you. I'm going to look at um, verse number 5 again. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. Paul does not need endorsements from others. They were born again by the power of God through his message. He doesn't need letters. Members of Gospel Light, your testimony is Jesus Christ. I, uh, was, I believe it was yesterday morning, the men were talking about the hats that say Gospel Light Baptist Church on them and, and people that have stopped them and questioned about their hat and they went to that church. We have a testimony in the community. Well, the Gospel Light Baptist Church has been here over 40 years. And so keep that testimony strong. Keep your life clean. Be a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. But our testimony is not going to be able to be sustained by us alone. It's going to be sustained by the power of God. And it's going to be sustained by not the commendation of others. It's going to be sustained the sufficiency that we have in Christ. Our sufficiency is of God. Some may feel today that you're insufficient and that you're unworthy. If you feel that way, you say, I, Pastor, I just, I feel I, maybe you're a new Christian or maybe you're somebody that's been out of church for a while. or Maybe you just don't have a lot of confidence that you understand things about church and you feel a little inadequate or insufficient. All of us feel that way. 
But can I tell you, begin to do those things that can help you feel more confident in your faith. One, read the word of God. Get to, get to know the realm, what we call the Romans road. It's just a simple plan of salvation. Romans 3.10, there's none righteous, no, not one. 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 6.23 of Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but what? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Christians put the gospel to memory, how to tell somebody how to be saved. You say, where do I begin? Just what we call all in the book of Romans, the Romans road. You say, I feel insufficient. Start learning things that can bring you to confidence to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. The most important thing that you're going to put to memory is the, is the memory of how to tell somebody else how they can be saved. And so don't just sit back and say, well, I just don't feel like I can tell anybody about Christ. You can tell somebody about Christ, but you, you're going to have to put a little effort into it. You don't necessarily have to memorize it. But just understand the Romans road and how somebody by faith in Jesus Christ, understanding they're the sinner and Jesus Christ is the savior and he died for our sins. And so if you will bring some of those things to bear in your life and understand the gospel, you received it, but don't just stay in a, in a, in a frame of insufficiency because you fail to just spend any time trying to learn. Spend some time in the Bible. Learn things that are so vital for you to be able to communicate the gospel to somebody else. Very soon, the spring is upon us, and we'll be uh, headed back out and knocking on doors and telling people about Jesus and giving out the gospel to people. A great way to go with somebody that knows and learn from them, and that opportunity will be coming on us very soon for you to do that. But begin to look at the Romans Road just on the back of our tracks and learn those things so that you feel the competency. We can say, well, I'm insufficient. I need Christ. Yes, we do. But there's some things that we need to buck up on our own that we can know and have knowledge to be able to tell somebody about Jesus. Our theme for this year is Jesus, but let's learn about him and the salvation that he offers, not just to us. And it stops there, but it moves on to those that we know and love and cross paths with to give them the gospel. Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 through 11 says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul speaking, for my strength, I'm sorry, Christ, but my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly. Therefore will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, Christ says, my grace is sufficient for the, we all feel insufficient this morning, but understand that the grace of God will bring us to that sufficiency, even though we ourselves feel like we're insufficient. Apostle Paul talks about his own in, in insufficiency and that the grace of God is what brings him to be able to speak in the power of God. It's not that we're all just just gifted people that just walk out and just people fall at our feet to get saved. No. There's a sufficiency that Christ gives us in the power of God and the Holy Spirit of God that brings others to trust him as their savior. Paul says he takes pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses. Really, Paul? 
for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, I would almost call this my life's chapter. I'll read you some verses here real quickly. Romans chapter 1. can't find the passage I'm sorry I got Romans it's not Romans 1 it's 1st Corinthians chapter 1 no wonder it's not there I'm in the wrong book my favorite passage in the Bible I can't find <laughs> 1st Corinthians chapter 1 verse 25 because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men for ye see your calling brethren how that not many wise after the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. You feeling insufficient this morning? Understand something. God takes the weak things to confound the wise. He uses the weak People that come to Christ and they know it all. We look at our world today and the, the education system that we have and people have become so knowledgeable and so smart and they think they have all this knowledge but God says, they're foolish. They missed it. It's the foolishness of men. We look around our world today and we find the foolishness is ever present and they look at us Christians as, oh, you people just don't get it. no. We do get it. What has God to use the weak things to confound the wise? They don't understand. The, the, to them, the, the, the power of God is foolishness. But to us, it is something that we've experienced in our lives as our lives have been transformed by the power of God through salvation. Pastor, are you insufficient? Oh, yes. We're all insufficient. Our sufficiency comes from God Almighty. Man with a familiar name probably to most, but a man by the name of Billy Sunday. I did not realize this, but he was born in Iowa. Did you guys know that? Billy Sunday was born in Iowa. Famous pre preacher of days gone by. But his father was killed in the Civil War. And their family situation was very close to destitute. I, there wasn't enough information in what, what I read. But they had lost 10 people in their family to death. Um, after their father had been killed in war, just illnesses and things. I don't know if it was a disease, but they had lost 10 family members. And so there was great, great loss in the family. Their mother, they were living in such poverty, she had no way of caring for the children. And she turned her children over to the soldiers 
a soldier's orphanage because she just could not care for the children. You can imagine the heartache in this lady as she turns her children over to an orphanage as was the circumstances of Billy Sunday. He came out of the circumstances, eventually became a professional baseball player. His batting average was uh, 281. And he, his, his last year of baseball, and he had 84 stolen bases, so he's a good baseball player. As Satan would do, he drew him away. He became an alcoholic, seemingly had no, no way of even supporting himself and found himself in Chicago at the Pacific Garden Mission, which still remains today. Here he is now in the Pacific Garden Mission, and guess what he finds? He finds sufficiency. Because that which when he could not conquer, his alcohol, alcoholism, he came to Christ and he uh, got saved in 1886, gave his heart to the Lord. He began to feel the call of God in his life and, and the passion for preaching. And a couple of evangelists, realizing his circumstances, took him along with them on their meetings. And, and on occasions, they would have him preach. He came to a place in Iowa City, not Iowa City, but a place, a city in Iowa. It's called, uh, I think it was Garner. But he came to this place, and they asked him to do a revival there. And that was the very last time that Billy Sunday ever lacked for revivals. He was on his own from there, never, never lacked for meetings. He covered the nation. They credit him for prohibition. Part of the reason prohibition was passed because of the influence of Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was known for what he called, he hated booze. And he traveled the nation preaching and screaming about the power of alcohol and the booze that he preached against. A powerful preacher. A man that was totally insufficient even to support himself and go through life came to Jesus Christ, and what did he find? He found sufficiency in Christ, find the power of God, overcame this alcoholism, and gave, gave him a new path in life. Became, obviously, a man that had influence in the nation, from a mission to a man of great influence, great power with God. Was it because of himself? No. It was because of the sufficiency that he received through the power of God. I, um, we, as did you, we had the privilege of having Brother Amir from Pakistan with us. I, uh, as always, he's just such, you remember him, just such a gracious, kind man and just, I don't know, just stayed by my side in some sense and had a, spent a lot much time with him. Such a humble servant of the Lord always trying to serve, even the littlest things. Just if I have an empty cup in my hand, it's just, just insist on taking it and going, throwing it away. I'm not worthy to tie his shoes, and I'm serious. He's a man in Pakistan that's building a great church. His life is always in jeopardy. Great servant of the Lord. He says this, if Muslims are ready to kill for Muhammad, I'm ready to die for Jesus. During the course of, of just his speaking, he probably said it two or three times. 
I'm ready to die for Jesus. I, I started, this, brother, brother Wilson mentioned it the other night on Wednesday night, but I really started digesting that. Why is he so prepared to die for Jesus? Number one, he's, his life is in peril all the time. He never knows. Brother Wilson, when he tells men about countries, in Muslim country that he's in, but he told him, Brother Ramir, do you understand if we put you on TV, everybody's going to know your face. You're putting yourself at great risk. You no longer have anonymity. Oh, doesn't matter. We got to go on TV. We got to get the gospel to our country. Is at great risk. What what is the sufficiency though? His his sufficiency sufficiency personally is totally dependent on God. He's totally dependent on Christ. When I look at my sufficiency, and can we see the whole room? We get up, we go to work, we're able to make a decent living. We have a place to lay our head. We have food on the plate. We have cars. We have luxuries. Honestly, we have peace. But what does that bring us to? That brings us to some sense of sufficiency within ourselves. Do you understand? When I look at a mirror, I find a man that looks at his sufficiency as complete, total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you this morning, you'd agree with me? That is where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be leaning on the sufficiency of Christ, not on our own strength, not on our own power, not on our own might, not on our own sufficiency, but we're supposed to be in the sufficiency of Christ. But we have such capabilities in the United States of America to become self-sufficient. And honestly, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. And so, I mean, the necessity of getting up and going to work and providing for your family and fulfilling the needs of your family is certainly a command of the Bible. It's certainly a necessity of life. But all of us should be sufficient, in, insufficient understanding that we don't, we don't breathe, breathe another breath of God's air without, without him providing it. And the strength that we have to get up and go to work is because God allows us to have it. All the things that we enjoy that we think are because of our sufficiency Certainly not of my own doing, but my health is very good. But it's not, it's not my own sufficiency. It's the grace of God. And I, I, my parents live to be aged people and were in strong health most of their life. And so maybe I get a little bit from heredity. But understand, what, what happens is we, we, get, we think, well, man, my parents lived a long time or my health is strong. All these things is because of me. What do we do? We take on our own sufficiency and we think, well, it's because of my strength. It's because of my heritage. It's because of the yada, yada, yada. All the things about me that make this happen. And what do we do? We think everything's in about us and we lose our sufficiency that Jesus Christ offers us that we walk in faith, that we walk trusting in him, that we minister to people, that we do our jobs, we teach our Sunday school classes, we usher, we're in the nurseries. All these things are things that we wind up doing in our own strength and we leave Christ out of our life primarily. We look at those in other countries and we think, my goodness, we don't have faith like that. We don't have dependency like that. We're very sufficient, aren't we, in our own strength, in our own might, in our own will. 
yet we come to the realization the Apostle Paul, arguably the greatest Christian in the New Testament, what does he say of himself? Now, when I am weak, that's when I'm strong. It's not about my strength. It's about not my knowledge, not about my background. Pharisee of Pharisees, highly educated, brilliant man, literally the poster child for the, for the Jewish people to hunt down Christians and, and persecute them. Brilliant, brilliant man, and God miraculously saved him. Now what does he say, to, say of himself? What? He has this insufficiency, and I have this total dependency on Christ. I'm insufficient. He's all-sufficient. You realize God doesn't need us. He's all sufficient. He's God. We need him. Church, if we're going to reach our, our community, we need to do the things that we can do, but we need to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to, we need to be dependent upon God. We can knock doors till the cows come in, but unless God's in it, unless God empowers, unless God's our sufficiency, let's get back to prayer. It's a praying church, but let's pray for people to come. We have a good crowd this morning, and praise the Lord for it. Thank you for being here. But we got a lot more space to fill. This is a big building. This is an acre of building. I want God to use every square inch of it. I want everything full. It, can, can I do it? Not, no, not a chance. You know, you know me better than that. I can't do that. But God can if we think we're going to fill this building, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fall short. But if we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and call upon him to fill this place and do the work that we're supposed to do, following his, his commands, following his instructions of telling others about Christ, our testimonies, all the things that we're supposed to do, but still trusting in him so that he can bring the harvest. He can bring the people in. He can bring those that need to know Christ as their Savior and bring them to church. We're insufficient. He is all sufficient. We have things so posh in our lives, many of us and most of us, and by comparison to around the world, all of us. But let's take, don't get so comfortable in our circumstances and we're such a great nation and we have it all together and we have all this wealth and we have all this power. And what happens? We start taking, putting ourselves and say, well, look at the church growth. Didn't we do a great job? No. No, we didn't. It's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not about us. But we need to make sure that we are dependent upon him and always reaching out to Christ, asking for him to bless, asking for him to empower, asking for him to build and grow. We can try to do, we can spin our wheels, and spin our wheels like trying to get up this little hill in a snowstorm when you take a right turn out of the church parking lot. I spun my way up many times this year. And we can just spin like that. Or we can pray. We can ask God to build the house. We try to build it, it'll be in vain. It's the Lord's house, it's the Lord's work, it's the Lord's ministry. Church members, let's don't forget where our bread is buttered. It's not in our sufficiency. It's not in our work. Do all of those things. Obey his commands. But God will bring the increase. It's not of us. And when the increase comes, 
may we be grateful to God for what he has done. The quickest way down is taking credit for what God is doing. Let's make sure we know where our bread indeed is buttered and where our blessings come from, where, where our gifts come from, where our talents come from, where the breath we breathe comes from. It comes from an almighty God. This morning, I would ask you, what's your opinion of Jesus? I thought of this song. It's called, I want Jesus more than, I want Jesus in my life more than anything this world can offer me. For I know that he alone can satisfy. Just to know he's leading in my life is worth anything that I might sacrifice. I want Jesus more than anything. Take the things that I might want and all the things that seem so dear. I'd rather have him than any praise that men may give to me. I want him to have control and be the breath of life in me. I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have him than anything. As I go on through life with him, there can be no other way. I want Jesus more than anything. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning as your Savior, to say you need him is a gigantic understatement, monumental. You must have him. You must know him. You must, you must trust him as your Savior. He is the only way. He is the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Christ said. If you're going to get to heaven someday, if you're going to escape eternal damnation someday for your sins, we all face it. But Jesus Christ died in your place paid for your sins on the cross of Calvary, and he rose, a rose again from the dead. If you would put your faith in your eternity in that Jesus alone, you can know him as Savior today. Don't delay. We're going to have our invitation. We'll have singing. Come quickly. I'll meet down front. I will meet you, and we take the word of God and show you how you can know Christ as your Savior. The Romans wrote that I quoted to you, I'll show you that in the Bible how you can know Christ as your Savior. We'll have, if you're a lady, we'll have a, a lady take you and show you. But don't leave without Jesus this morning. Let's all stand together.